When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void We're prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus good morning broncos country um if you're in the mountain time zone that is uh, if you're anywhere i know we've had some viewers over um in europe first off all uh, first of all congrats on having your germany game you know that was big um but i'm sorry that you had to see tom brady win yet another football game uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in it is a great monday morning just because i'm with you guys not just not because i had to talk about this broncos game that clearly is not great and um if you guys want to join me in the theme i am wearing black today because it is officially the funeral for the denver broncos and fingers crossed everything willing that this is the last this is just the nail in the coffin for Nathaniel Hackett. Now, I know that the Broncos were pretty much dead in the water before this game anyway, but it's pretty much just super obvious now that they're not going to make the playoffs, especially when you have a stat like this. This is from our great Joe Mahoney. Um, find him on um, Twitter. Um, is that after a 3-6 start, the best of any the the best of um, any Bronco team has ever done was 7-9. The average is 5-10. Um, goes back to the 14 game era on that one. So the odds of making the playoffs at eight and nine are absolutely terrible, pretty much impossible. So there goes, and <laughs> uh, we're starting things off with a great note, aren't we? Uh, but what I have for you guys today is uh, going to take a deeper dive into the uh, into the game, the Russell Wilson issue. Melvin Gordon has got to go, and the latest news from Broncos country, um, and we'll see. I haven't seen anything um, as of yet when it comes to the injury front uh, from yesterday's game. So the most recent information I still have there is pretty much from yesterday post-game. Um, 
that we've seen and of course i've also went into uh maybe some broncos head coaching changes uh different um took a look a look at some different aspects of yesterday's game that dropped on a uh, podcast over on from uh, mhr radio uh you can find that spotify apple podcast from and you get anywhere you get your podcast once you're done um watching this one go on over to um anywhere your preferred podcasting site and you can go ahead and check out that edition of Horse Tracks. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the game recap just real quick. Of course, you can find if you're new here, go ahead, follow or subscribe on Twitch. You guys are just awesome. Your support means everything. Uh, follow us on any podcasting platform, social media, at Mile High Report, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yours truly runs the Instagram, so you can find me with everything that you want. You can go ahead and respond. Um, hit me up over on the Instagram. Um, and you can follow, find tons of awesome daily articles over at milehighreport.com but let's go ahead and get into a bit of today's game recap uh, because once again the thing that we're all talking about is how underprepared that the Denver Broncos look they come into this game off the bye week they managed to put up just 10 points against a depleted injured defense and they look horrible in the process and just uh, let me know if you've heard that before maybe everything besides the bye week because nothing about this team has changed and nothing will change until the Broncos get a new head coach uh, with that head coach being like a teased on the He's on the, the, that podcast. There you go. There's, here's my nothing plug for this one. That head coach being Champ Bailey. Now, that might be clickbait. It might not be clickbait. <laughs> go ahead and check that one out. Um, this is it's just so disheartening, so disappointing. It, it, it just show, it goes to show you just how inept Nathaniel Hackett, um, this coaching staff is. Um, they, they just get, you can give them week. You can give them 10 days. You can give them two weeks. And no matter what, that is not enough time for this team to look any bit respectable, for them to look prepared, for them to look like they know what the heck they're doing. Um, and when they, that happens week after week after week, that is 100% on the coaching staff. Well, sorry, 95% on the coaching staff, 5% on the players. But this team still, nonetheless, it is a coaching issue that the Denver Broncos are facing right now. Whether that be uh, normal, like uh, maybe uh, coaching staff, head coach, offensive coordinator, that kind of support staff. Or whether it be the coaching staff in the strength and conditioning part of the team. Because, oh boy, no one can stay healthy. Um, so this is a game where the Broncos managed to lose it. Managed to lose it where they were even on the turnover margin. They were leading that until the last, pretty much the last play of the game. They had more total yards. They had more time of possession. And they had more first downs. And they even had less penalty yards. When does that happen for the Denver Broncos? When was the last time they had less penalties or penalty yardage than the team that they're playing against? It was... It is quite incredible the lengths that the Broncos took to find a way to lose this game. Uh, Speaking of penalties, they had eight penalties for 50 yards. Four of them were false starts. I believe that's how they started the first two offensive series in the second half of the game. Um, So their first time seeing the field in the second half. So the the deadly third quarter to the Denver Broncos, the, the, the part of the game where we all just wish we could skip past because nothing happens for the Broncos besides 
the last game against the Jags. That's the only time the Broncos have put up any points in the third quarter this season, or at least haven't done anything of driving the football this season. Um, so it, it's, it also doesn't help when you're was a four of 17 on third down, but you have two first, you have two drives in the second half that start at first and 15, essentially. That's not great. <laughs> not great at all. That's what correlates to your average yards to gain on third down being 8.1. There's a reason the Broncos don't convert any third downs is because they have a mile and a half to convert. Um, one positive, though, uh, be offensively a positive because the defense is pretty much always a positive for this team. But offensively, one positive is rookie Jalen Virgil had his in his first game. He had his first catch. And that was for his first touchdown, 66-yard touchdown reception. Gets past the uh, the defender over the top of the second level, wide open. He outruns everyone. Foot race, it's a touchdown. Great play by a rookie. That was awesome to see. That's what we've been waiting to see from, from Virgil as soon as he hits the field. So, but what here? Here's the ultimate Broncos fashion, though. What do they do? What happens after the rookie get, makes a big play in his first catch on his first target in his first game? What happens? The Broncos don't even look to him the rest of the game. They hardly even have him on the field the rest of the game. He was targeted only once this game. So whether that be personnel, that that no matter what, that still comes down to coaching. That comes down to personnel. That comes down to game management. That comes down to play calling, play design. You have a guy that showed a big flash that was that scored the only touchdown of the game, and you decide to not play him, to not go to him for the rest of the game. That is one thing I do not understand. That is one thing I will I can't get through my brain of how stupid that is it just doesn't make sense if you have a coach anywhere close to competent you're taking a look at that guy at least two more times at least two more times it oh it's it sucks man it sucks that we have to do the same old song and dance every single week and it really feels like it just doesn't get any better uh sorry sorry virgil you're screwed um you're on the you're on this broncos team right now and it's hopefully next year is going to be a little bit better. Um, we'll talk that up in some of the quotes that we have later, on, uh, a little bit later on in this one. Um, but with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the second thing that um, I want to talk about today. And that is what I've deemed the fuss about Russ, or as I've titled here, the, uh, the Russell Wilson issue, um, so to speak. Because the big question that Broncos country is asking right now, well, right now is incorrect that they have been asking. I haven't been saying this. I'll, I'll get to my defense here in a second. Um, but the the accusations that have been brought against Russell Wilson, the uh, uh, it's it's weird. And everyone, I mean, it's been happening for weeks now. But the question now, is, especially after this game, is. Is it time to give up on Russell Wilson? Is it time to give up hope in him? Especially after this game where he completes just 50% of his passes, 21 for 42. He has 286 yards, a touchdown, and then that interception, uh, last essentially the last play of the game, a pass rating of just 70. That is out of 156.6, I, I believe, mind you. So, less than half. 
less than half. That goes with his season average of around a 35.8 QBR. Um, um, I, I, I believe, or not, um, yeah, what was it? Is that, yeah, um, Q, QBR. Um, because that one is only out of 100. So, nonetheless, his metrics are bad. His bad. That's all we have to know. Um, so, in his lone touchdown, and most of his yards, um, he only, besides that pass to, to Virgil, um, he only completed, was a 20 of 41 passes for 220 yards, no touchdowns, interception. So, it's not great. But, and then also Russell Wilson's been having issues seeing the field. He uh, missed a big pass to Greg Dulcich there as well. Got bailed out by Corlin Sutton, who made a great play. Uh, they complete that pass to Dulcich. That's a 45-yard completion. Things are looking a lot better. Um, he's missed open guys. Uh, this is just something that's been happening all season long. Um, and also, one of the sacks, one of the six sacks, was his fault. Um, five of the sacks came in the second half. Um, and one of the sack, one of the six sacks came in the first half. I believe it was in the, uh, I think it was in the second quarter, um, kind of near the end, where it ended, up, it ended up being a coverage sack. Russell Wilson holds on to the ball for six seconds. Um, you can't really blame the fault the offensive line for that one but what you can fault them for is giving him five seconds or five sacks in there in the second half unfortunately um, it was uh, that happened you know in after some more offensive line injuries also the titans really turned up the pressure in the second half um so also on, on the side note on that one too when it goes back to to kind of coaching ineptitude the titans what we see consistent or pretty much any team in the league what we see consistent consistently is that they actually are able to make adjustments after the second half Hackett, i swear i don't know i really want to see what he does in the locker room at halftime i want to see what these what the coaches do in the locker room at halftime because from what it looks on the field i swear they don't do a dang thing I, they probably just stay in the bathroom for for 20 minutes then leave their team back to the field they are not doing a single thing differently at the second um at the second half compared to the first half it's mind-boggling how pathetic that stuff is um with that being said especially with the sacks i'm not sure any quarterback could have a good game behind this offensive line because they're playing with a third string right tackle left tackle in center now um i think they're playing they're still playing with some um kind of switching things up at guard some backups there as well um like i said they gave up six sacks for 38 yards five of those coming in the second half um in the second half and also horrible coaching is not helping either this is not hackett doing anything to to the benefit of russell wilson in fact it's almost him doing everything to the man what's the opposite word of benefit to to his to his not benefit i'm blinking on the word right now you guys know what i mean um so it, we need to see there's like what do we see in seattle russell wilson so many boot naked bootlegs rollouts design plays like that instead of just him having to do those when he's running for his life behind this offensive line play to russell wilson's strengths play to his abilities especially when Russell Wilson is still injured. He's playing with a torn lat. He's playing with a bad hamstring. And pretty much every Broncos player is playing with a bad hamstring. And that's taking away a lot of his throwing power here, why he might be under-throwing guys. Uh, might, it might be why he doesn't have that certain touch 
um, like like we saw with him in Seattle. So obviously that doesn't excuse him for not seeing the field. That doesn't is his his eyes are not injured. All right, at least not that I know of. His eyes are not injured. So what that means is that the vision problems, the seeing missing open receivers problems, that is a lot of the of that blame is on him. But you could still um, attest that to the poor schemes and the style of offense that Hackett's trying to force Russell Wilson into. It's just not helping. It's not doing anything. It also doesn't help that he's uh, Russell Wilson is also playing without three of his top four receivers and his um, top running back is injured as well. So this is a horrible situation for Russell Wilson to be to be involved in, for him to be stuck in, essentially. And so that's why I am not hating on Russell Wilson as much as maybe some people are. Uh, from what we've seen, at least in terms of the comments on, on the articles over Mile High Report, um, it probably ranges between 85% Hackett and 15% Russ when it comes to the blame. Um, I've seen like even recently like 95% of the blame is on Hackett, only 5% of the blame is on Russ. So I think that's really accurate to where it should be. A whopping grand majority of the blame of the ineptitude of this team should lie on Hackett's shoulders and his alone. Russell Wilson obviously taking a little bit of the blame, but he has a lot of whether you want to respect him or not. Russell Wilson has a lot of excuses of why he's been playing poorly this season. So that's why I am withholding judgment on Russell Wilson until the Broncos, until next season, essentially, until we see a healthy team, a healthy Russ and a real coach running things in a real offense for Russell Wilson. I am withholding judgment. All of my blame is going to Nathaniel Hacker right now. Um, and I'm not trying to be angry at him. I don't know why. It just feels like Hackett just has like a friendly face. So when I see his picture, it's hard to get mad at him, but then I see his play calling and the way the Broncos look, and then it's oh so easy to be mad at that man. So my take on here is that Russell Wilson, he's having issues, but he is not the issue. Most of the blame should not be going to him, and we should be withholding judgment, um, especially um, when it comes to the whole Seahawks trade, whether they fleece this or not. I think we should be withholding judgment until the Broncos get a real coach in in they'll probably turn things around it's hard to have a worse coach help even the guy like josh mcdaniels still a better head coach than nathaniel hackett and that's really really saying something when josh mcdaniels is better than you uh but besides russell wilson another player that we need to talk about here is it's going to be melvin gordon because melvin gordon Oh, Melvin Gordon, I know your guys' feelings about this. This is what the, the if you're tuning in from the, from, uh, the Mile High Report, from the uh, embedded article, is it was on Melvin Gordon. We're getting to Melvin Gordon because I know how all you guys feel about him because that's how I feel about him. Melvin Gordon has got to freaking go, man. Why is he still getting the majority of snaps? What he's he done to deserve this? Why? Why? He, I swear... There's a reason why the vo- uh, owners haven't voted out to um, voted um, for freaking Schneider to sell the team, and he said to himself, apparently, he has dirt on everyone, including Goodell. All right, so that that's why he's essentially blackmailing the rest of the league. Is that what Melvin Gordon is doing to Nathaniel Hackett right now? Is he just blackballing the coach because he has some legitimate just just stuff on on him? Because why else? 
would Melvin Gordon still be getting the most snaps when the Broncos' success comes in spite of him at times? All right, because listen to some of this, um, or at least I will say the Broncos should use Gordon only when they absolutely have to for the remainder of this season. Get rid of him. Um, as soon as you can as well because uh, it just helps the only reason they should keep him on the roster is because they need a third string running back all right you can't just have only two on your team so the broncos uh so in this game um so melvin gordon finished this game seven carries 24 yards 3.4 yards per carry but if you take out his longest run of 11 yards he had only six carries for 13 yards 2.2 yards per carry um and he also had a negative rush attempt um he also should have had the fumble if you want to argue that he was ruled down technically not fumble you get the idea though and it probably would have been ruled a fumble if the titans challenged that play all right so that that's the crazy thing here and it's so annoying he came up after that play smiling what what now i know like he said in recent interviews it's like a mental thing it's almost like he's having mental issues when it comes to this stuff but man it does not seem like he's taking things seriously it's almost because he doesn't have to no matter what he does i really feel like he could he could buy nathaniel hackett a puppy and he could shoot it there on the field and nathaniel hackett is still going to have him being the key running back for this broncos team it's baffling it's insane it makes zero zero sense the the question is why is uh, melvin gordon still getting the, the majority of snaps the unanswerable question there is not a good answer to that the only answer to that question is because hackett doesn't know what he's doing uh, i mean that's the answer to most of the questions about this broncos offense <laughs> this year as well oh man uh and and one of the key things here that i want to take a look at is how the Broncos only has success when he's off the field, is he only had one touch combined in both of the Broncos scoring drives. Um, uh, Latavius Murray had six touches during that touchdown, during that field goal drive there in the second quarter. And I, I really do not care how much he wants to complain, how much he wants to whine, how much he wants to speak to the media, how much he wants to cry on the sidelines. He is a liability to the Denver Broncos. He's done nothing to, to prove that he should be the, the key running back to this team. He's done nothing to, to, to make up for his poor play this season. He's done nothing for that. And the lead back right now should be Latavius Murray until Chase Edmonds gets fully acclimated to this offense. Latavius Murray has actually looked pretty good for the Broncos this year. I've been fairly happy. Well, obviously, um, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that Murray is great. I'm not saying that he should be a starting running back for for the Denver Broncos necessarily, especially when freaking Javante Williams is healthy. Can't wait for next season. Uh, I, I'm sure we say this all the time. Can't wait till the next season. But there we go. That's another season of saying that. The Cowboys fans all the time, they say it's our season. Broncos fans, we say it's next season. <laughs> all right. And I... I Liked what what we only were able to see a couple of rushes from Chase Edmonds. One of them was for 10 yards on a little draw play, so that was nice. I like Chase Edmonds. I like what he did in uh, Miami. I like what he's done before. I think Chase Edmonds is actually going to finish the season um, as running back one for the Denver Broncos. Um, but as of right now, lead back should be Murray. Um, he's a solid running back for what he is for getting a veteran off a practice squad. 
um, this season to fill in for an injury. Latavius Murray has done pretty solid for the Broncos. Um, I appreciate what he's been doing, at least especially trying to do, showing a lot of that for in that backfield. The Broncos offense, especially against the Titans, had way more success with him in the backfield than we did with um, with Melvin Gordon, of course. So I want to see Murray get the most snaps. I want to see Chase Edmonds really be featured. I would love to see Murray be the, the lead um, kind of rusher on this team. And I want to see Chase Edmonds use utilize a lot more. If the Broncos are going to throw a thousand screen passes and check downs and you know um, and, and swings and screens and check downs and all that fun stuff, I want to see Chase Edmonds be super utilized in that, in that uh, passing game. That's what I want to see, and I want to see Melvin Gordon on the bench. Heck, I would love if he doesn't even sue it for the game. So there's not even a chance that he come he could come into the game and ruin things for this offense. Um, so that that's my definite feelings on where Melvin Gordon lies with this team, where this offense lies. And man, it's oh, such a mistake bringing him back this season. Such a mistake, but also the Broncos made a lot of mistakes this offseason. Uh... <laughs> Most importantly, we all know the biggest one, all right? Um, and no, it's not trading for Russell Wilson. All right, I know some of you guys might be thinking that one. Um, of course, let me know your thoughts on this one. Sound off in, in the uh, comments if you're watching live right now. Um, of course, you can also hit me up on Instagram if you're listening uh, to the, uh, if you're watching the replay of this one um, on Twitch or if you're listening to the audio podcast version of this a little bit later on the Monday. Uh, but before we cap things off, just want to jump in to... Uh, what we have here, I just got some the latest news on the Denver Broncos and some quotes coming out from the game. Um, we're going to hear from Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, and Josie Jewell. And right now, just when it comes to the injury updates standpoint, I do not have much um, for the Broncos because not a whole lot's come out. Monday's a big MRI kind of day. So if you missed maybe some of the most recent news, um, right now, oh, actually, we do have a bit of an update on Billy Turner. Um, right now, his knee injury, of course, he left the game. Um, his knee injury is looking at a likely a long-term injury. So, that freaking sucks, man. He's hardly seen the field because of injuries. Now he has another injury. I I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for the guy, to be honest. Um, but... Um, we still have Jerry Judy, who's getting an MRI today, probably a, a um, not in Achilles, but a ankle injury. Uh, we have K1 Williams getting the MRI today to see what's conclusive about his knee injury. Uh, Graham Glasgow is still getting his shoulder um, evaluated. So we're just going to have to wait and see about those injuries. Um, uh, Justin Simmons is still listed as day-to-day with his knee injury. Hackett said he's probably going to need another week. Um, so there's hope in, um, that he'll be able to play um, next week, or I guess this week now that we're past the game, however you want to see it. Um, so that's uh, that's how we have, uh, and that's what we got for in terms of injuries. Um, let's hear from uh, some of the uh, players and coaches before uh, I take a look at um, Instagram to see if you guys have left uh, many questions or um, thoughts about the game for me. That's how we'll really cap things off. Um, but Nathaniel Hack after this game, he uh, said, and the question was, uh, coming out of halftime again, the third quarter, second half overall, um, uh, I think right up until the interception at the end, can you put your finger on the sort of continued struggles? Hackett goes on to say the most predictable 
statement. Um, third down, I think third down is one of the biggest things right, to be able to convert on third down. Fantastic idea. Man, I wish I thought that one. And whenever we get those explosive plays, we start moving the ball a little bit. Again, the third down is kind of what's continually gotten us. We're better. We were better off. We were almost better off on fourth down. I think it was right, at least in terms of conversion percentages. Um, so we can't. We've got to get better there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's not wrong. He, he's not wrong on this one. He's just just not a whole lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess, man. I freaking guess. Um, third down, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, the Broncos were horrible on it. Four for 17. You can't. It's hard to win games like that one on their kind of what we've seen on most of their touchdown drives is that they just don't get into third downs. <laughs> they just kind of stay at second downs and keep getting chunk plays. Um, and their conversion was horrible. It also didn't help when they were bad on first and second down. On average, on third down, they had 8.1 yards to gain. Um, so that's really hard to convert those when you have to go essentially the, the whole distance you get when you get the first down, all right? That's not happening there. Um, Russell Wilson, um, he was uh, talking about some of the offensive uh, plays, and, and he also he said, um, we were moving the ball down the field, and we thought we were going to win it. Then I got sacked. Then it was fourth and long. They went off sides. On the last play, we almost had it, but I got hit when I threw it. But I've got to be able to make that. I've got to be able to find a way to make that. Um, yes, the, that's one of the even more heartbreaking things. Is not like the Broncos just lost by a score. They were really close to the end zone when Russell Wilson threw that interception. So that was a sucky one to see. That one stung. Um, and it's just another reason why Russell Wilson, one, he probably needs to make a better play on that one. But two, it's hard to play when you three of five offensive linemen are third stringers. Titans are a good pass rushing team. And they were pretty much bringing everyone. All right. So just a horrible situation to be in with like the more quick plays but the broncos can't get the, those going for whatever reason um probably bad route combinations and just really predictable play calling um it's that's one thing hack also noted that they were they were trying to do that and they failed at doing that just another thing they filled out offensively all right um then let's hear from the defense because josie jewel um was asked uh is a guy that tries to keep them all together you're now three you're three and six now where are you at to save the team mentally now this was an interesting thing i really wish we could hear what Cortland Sutton said after the game to the locker room because uh josie jewel said that um Cortland Sutton had a great uh, talk today after the game about not just coming in here and checking a box off and that's what we're going to do we're going to come back in here tomorrow and the next day we're going to go to work we're going to try to hone our craft as best as possible and keep grinding on every single day to try to get better we don't have to do anything different than that and what i would love to see on that one is maybe the thoughts around the locker right now heck maybe even um, what Corlin Sun was really alluding to is hey guys we're going to have a totally new offense or a totally new coaching staff next year with um, some different players. Go ahead, play your butts off. So because that next coach is going to be watching film and you want to be a key component to that. <laughs> Essentially, that's probably what he's saying because ain't no way. Now, if they haven't come out publicly, there's been nothing official, but there is no way that the locker room is still behind Nathaniel Hackett. It's an impossibility. It's an improbability. There is no way these guys are still backing him, at least 
um, like like on the insider perspective. Outside, it looks like everything's fine, but inside, there is no way that those guys are still with Nathaniel Hackett. And if they are, I just really respect the kind of men that they are. Um, so that's such a bad situation for them to be in. I feel bad for the players at this point. Um, but that's pretty much going to wrap it here. Um, before we get a send off, I have a few things for me. If you want to send, um, sound off in the uh, live chat right now, go ahead and get your questions or comments into me while um, I'm still here. Uh, but going, just got a few responses from you guys on Instagram that I want to um, just highlight here. Um, a couple of thoughts and a question on the game. Um, offense needs so. Stay on the grind, uh, says to us. Offense needs to do better eight. Um, now, I'm not sure what the no, offense needs to do better eight. Um, I don't know what the eight's for, I'll be honest. But yeah, the offense does need to do better. 100% right on that one. Um, Doug Brickle just says speechless. One word. That's all we need. Absolutely, my friend. It, <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, and then... Smoky Moana underscore. Oh, some interesting names you guys got on Instagram. He says, uh, she said, huh? Yeah, she says that, um, or asks, is there still hope for our team to make it to playoffs? Um, kind of what I said at the beginning, no. Uh, pretty much the best that the Broncos could do right now is eight and nine. Um, and there's no way in heck that they make the playoffs at this point with the AFC with that kind of stuff and um, I would love for the Broncos to win out because it gives the Seahawks the worst draft pick <laughs> that's really all the Broncos have to play for at this point that's all we have to hope for also all we have to hope for is that the 49ers just lose out but the Chargers were not doing us any bit of favors last night thanks a lot guys you suck um, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Horse Tracks Live every Monday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, twitch.tv forward slash MHR underscore live. Um, you can listen to the, re- um, the, you can watch the video of this um, in the replay up to two weeks after we air. That You find that also on Twitch. Um, and you can listen to the audio version of this on any podcasting platform that you prefer um, around Monday afternoon. So I'd probably say around two-ish, three-ish. It will be up there by then. Uh, but with that being said, my name is Ross. Check us out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Mile High Report. And find me at Mile High Report um, on Instagram. Yours really runs that. Really appreciate, really appreciate you guys tuning in today. You're just the absolute best. You're a legend. I hope all you go out. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening to my voice to help get your week started. I hope it carries you throughout the rest of these seven days until we get to another probably abysmal Denver Broncos football game. But I love you guys. I hope you guys just stay safe, stay healthy, stay well. And uh, I don't know, man. Go Broncos.